Mustang fans, and welcome to another Ford Performance Edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm your host, John Clore. You know, from my years with Auto Week Magazine, the Ford Special Vehicle Team, Ford Racing, and now Ford Performance, I've always known that everyone has a Mustang story. So to that end, I hope you are reading my efforts to tell your story in the enthusiast section of FordPerformance.com, as well as keeping up with the latest happenings in the Mustang hobby by checking out FordPerformanceClubConnect.com every week. My co-host is a Mustang hobby and industry insider who is perhaps best known as the longtime president of the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan, or Moxum, one of the largest and most active Mustang clubs on the continent, plus who also heads up Boxum for you Bronco owners out there, as well as being the new leader behind the International Council of Mustang Clubs, of course, I'm talking about my great friend, Mike Ray. Mike, tonight, we've got one of my personal Mustang heroes from Ford and someone who's been doing this club thing longer than the both of us. Yes, and uh, this is going to be funny, but after you start hearing the stories and, you know, with our titles and everything tonight, I feel like an offspring of his in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and in many ways, it's true. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, we can't keep you away from this guy much longer. We're welcoming John Kleinard from Ford Motor Company's communications team on the West Coast out of the L.A. area. John, welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. Thank you. This is a real treat. Great to be here. Well, I tell you, John, we wouldn't be here unless you were here because uh, a lot of people who don't know you probably don't know that you've been doing this Mustang Club things longer than just about anybody at Ford Motor Company. And we've known a lot of people who've dabbled in uh, working with clubs uh, and trying to tie them to the company, but nobody as long as you, John. And we just, it's just our pleasure to be able to talk to you about your storied career. You know, Mike, uh, I was looking over some of my bio stuff that I was going to use for next year. And then John sent me some information about his background. I thought, holy crap, I haven't even lived yet. <laughs> and that's really saying something for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so John, we know, we know all of us had that, had that weird start that just something that, that got us going. Uh, but you weren't in California. You weren't in the Motor City. You were, what, down in the Carolinas? Right. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in uh, High Point, North Carolina, which I would call sort of the Detroit of the furniture industry. It's where, gosh, 70% of America's furniture was manufactured back in the 60s and 70s. And uh, it was a very prosperous community because of that. And uh, a lot of great cars around. But, you know, in, in my case, my timing was perfect because I turned 16 in 1964 when the Mustang came out. So <laughs> I, you know, I could not have picked a better year to, to get a driver's license. No, that's that's the right time. Um, you know, by the time I was able to afford a new Mustang, the Mustang 2 came out. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yeah, so sorry. <laughs> but, Mike... Mike's got his fox body, and he's, he was just telling me before we came on how much it's worth now. Oh, my <laughs> God. Anyway, so so you're down there, and you're thinking, oh, boy, a Mustang came out. And, you know, of course, uh, I guess NASCAR was big down there, too. Uh, but but um, how did you get all oh, just seeing cars around town, and how did you get this 
this illness we we know as the Mustang love. Yeah, um, yeah, the the disease that we all share exactly. Right. Uh, well, I was definitely, I guess, exhibit A of the effectiveness of Ford's total performance push because. Oh. I couldn't help but uh, recognize that Ford was racing everywhere, winning everywhere. Um, our local Ford dealer actually sponsored Fred Lorenzen's NASCAR Galaxy, and he was a, a Shelby dealer. He had a, a white Cobra on his showroom floor. I used to ride my bike over to the dealership and sit in that car for, I hate to have, think how long, but he was very tolerant. Anyway, I just fell in love with Ford. It's funny, my parents drove Pontiacs. I said, guys, you can't do this anymore. You got to buy Fords, and they did and ended up with Fords as long as they lived. So total performance definitely worked. I was exhibit A of that. Um, well, see, um, I when I drove my bike looking at cars, uh, the cars sounded so great that I would put baseball cards in my spokes. Of course, I didn't realize that, but every time I put another baseball card in my spoke, Mike Ray started crying. <laughs> because Mike, That's true. <laughs> you know, Mike, I probably tore up a Mickey Mantle rookie card and didn't Just even know stop. <laughs> we just lost uh we just lost uh the Orioles third baseman just passed away. Yeah, Brooks Robinson. Brooks yeah. Robinson. Yeah, I know I had his card, but but no, we, in Detroit it's certainly different, but you're right, John. Um, you know, watching Ford win that total performance area. I know that was more my brother's era and he he was in the same boat. He just loved that car. So when did you uh finally get exposed to the name Mustang? Well, this is an amazing story. Okay, High Point, North Carolina, lots of furniture manufacturers. A neighbor who lived, oh, half a mile from us, his name is Norman Silver. He owned Silvercraft Furniture, a very prosperous company. He had a great collection of classic cars, old Packards and Cords and such as that. And his son, who was a contemporary of mine, Ron, uh, convinced his dad to buy for him a Mustang. <laughs> 1967, he got a brand new GT350 Shelby Mustang. And not being satisfied just with that, they sent it down to Charlotte for Holman Moody to massage the engine and put a 411 rear end in it. And it's amazing that I'm alive today to tell you about this because we had a lot of fun with that car. But the most amazing thing is Ron uh, was um, sent off to Italy for a summer to work with one of their suppliers, learn the business. And they asked me to look after the Mustang while Ron was gone. So I spent, I spent that summer of 1968 enjoying a my own my very own uh home and moody tweaked shelby mustang oh um mike can you imagine your, your your first ride as a kid is a 67 gt350 that's been breathed on i mean one can only dream what kind of a light all right that proves it right there mike john kleinard was blessed from day one you know and, and i thought you know, when, when Hackett came aboard at Ford from the furniture business, I thought that's not going to work. But then I thought of John Kleinard, you know, he came from the furniture industry area. So, but no, John, that's incredible. Um, man, I, I would have been arrested or something bad would have happened. But the fact that you're still here, you never wrapped that GT350 around a tree at that young age. Awesome. And I understand that, um, when you were in college, you got to uh, do a paper uh, that um, had a little bit to do with the Ford and Ferrari uh, debacle. Well, yeah, it's kind of interesting. So that was 1968. So anyway, in, in uh, 1970, I went off to Indiana University to college and um, took a course in international business, which included 
the thing that attracted me to that, it included a trip to Europe um, to go with your class to do whatever. So I chose as my topic a study of Ford Motor Company's attempt to buy Ferrari and what happened, what went wrong, whatever. And I was able to go to Italy and interview guys at Ferrari. I also interviewed by phone Don Fry, who was the Ford chief negotiator. At the time, he was the chairman of, of uh, Bell & Howell. He had left Ford Motor Company. Right, anyway. right. And in Italy, I spoke with, uh, I never met Enzo Ferrari, but his right-hand man, um, um, Manicardi, I, I spoke with. And, uh, well, I said, no, Franco Gozzi was the guy's name. Anyway, so I wrote a pretty comprehensive study that was pretty critical of Ford Motor Company, actually. And yeah. that became useful later. So that was uh, 1970. When I was finishing school in 72, I applied to Ford Motor Company and sent my, my paper along with the application. And that got their attention. I think that mainly just said, okay, here's a guy who really does care about Ford, so we'll give him a shot. So I, I flew to Dearborn, had an interview, and the amazing thing is um, I was shown to the office of Alex Trotman, who was the head of marketing staff, right. the guy who later in, in 1999, I think it was, he became chairman of Ford Motor Company. That's right. That's right, Trotman. Yeah. Yeah. So. So Trotman interviewed me and said, yeah, okay, we'll hire you. So I ended up working for him my first six months with the company, which was pretty amazing. And again, you know, never dreaming, you ended up being the chairman. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, uh, fast forward the movie Ford versus Ferrari, because of this study I had done on the thing, when the Ford guys here in, in uh, Hollywood got the script for the movie that was being proposed, they sent it to me for me to read through. And she was... I couldn't believe how inaccurate it was. So I had red pencils all over the thing and sent it back. <laughs> some of some of what I suggested, they heeded, but most of it, they didn't. This is Hollywood. They had the story written before they even showed it to Oh, us. yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, anyway, the one thing they got right is Ford won the race. So <laughs> Thank God that wasn't wrong. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah, so I, the, the the stuff that you went through, I mean, there, most guys when they start at Ford, you got to go out in the field and work the zone managers, and you did a lot of that, John. And I know, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if you know Mike Ray. Do you know that John, uh, with his years being in, in working as a zone manager with Lincoln Mercury, did you know that John was driving a Mach E for for years and years? He drove like six Mach E's. Of course, there were Mercury Grand Mach E's. <laughs> <laughs> Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The good old days, huh? You drove the big Mercury Grand Marquis, uh, John. Those big behemoths. Man, well, I did not. I'll tell you. Uh, we jokingly called them Marquis Brohams, you know. Broham. <laughs> Broham. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. There were seven of us zone managers in the Detroit region, and we could drive any Mercury product we chose. So Monday morning, everybody shows up to work and lined up in the parking spots are six Grand Marquis and one Mercury Capri S four speed. That would be me. Uh, so. <laughs> that's 
that right there, ladies and gentlemen, for all of you listening out there on the Mustang Owners Podcast, if that doesn't tell you enough about John Kleinard, uh, then that that you're not paying attention because that's the kind of car guy he was coming into marketing. But you know, uh, you can't keep a guy like this down, Mike. And um, it's just funny how somehow the 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 car gods at Ford uh, come tapping on his shoulder and saying, "Hey." We're launching in this thing called Special Vehicle Operations. Do you want to get involved? And, John, that's that was right up your alley. Well, you know, that's one thing I will say for Ford Motor Company, to the credit of the company, all along I had people telling me, go do this, go do that, go do this. And they were promoting me figuratively, not literally, saying, um, we get it that you're a car guy. Um, we will offer you jobs that your interest and so i was working on marketing staff the seventh floor of red headquarters and you know doing studies on this that and the other uh comparative pricing to imports and all that kind of stuff it was it was interesting but not really exciting and my boss came to me one day and said uh, take a look at this i think you should you should maybe uh, go talk to these people and what he handed me was an announcement of the establishment of ford Special Vehicle Operations, SVO. So I took his advice, went over, had an interview with Michael Conifus, who was the director of this thing from mm -hmm. Germany. And uh, we hit it off, and he hired me to be the marketing manager. Well, <laughs> you can call it marketing manager. I was the marketing department. We were a small group. <laughs> I was the yeah. first hired into the thing, and I was one-man band. So it was very exciting, very entrepreneurial, because we weren't really, really given much specific direction what to do is just find something cool and make it fast so right. we first we took a look at the uh, ford uh, escort initially and thought yeah we can do some stuff with that but it's front wheel drive and it's now naturally we gravitated to the mustang you know it didn't take sure rocket to figure that out so but um you know the new but you know that's a v8 it was a v8 car back then john and and they're they're yeah. Now, a lot of the European style guys, uh, sports car guys, thought us as knuckle draggers. Well, it's interesting. So today, conveniently enough, today I got in my mail the latest issue of Motor Trend magazine, which has cover story new Mustang. And there are, there are three road tests back to back of EcoBoost, GT, and Dark Horse. Mm -hmm. And I, I got to read you a couple of sentences from the opening article on the EcoBoost. Um, it's difficult to be a snob about entry-level pony cars. We've been conditioned to believe that more is more when it comes to distinctly American vehicles. More cylinders equals more power, equals more speed, equals more noise, equals more fun. But for the first time since its SVO badge 80s predecessor, <laughs> the 2024 Mustang EcoBoost makes a serious attempt at upending that paradigm. So bingo, there it is. Yep. Uh, we, we, back in the 80s, way before its time, and before it was quite honestly appreciated, yeah. we developed a go-fast four-cylinder Mustang, not to be confused with Mustang too. Um, <laughs> it, it was uh, it was a labor of love. We had a goofy bunch of guys who all drank the same Kool-Aid. Uh, a lot of guys who would be racing on the side. I used to race a Formula Ford myself, and you know we were we were racers doing our thing. It was great that Ford left us alone and let us do that. We created this car. I actually, as the one-man marketing department, took a cassette recorder around the country. I went to shopping centers in San Francisco. I went to a IMSA race in Ohio. 
And whenever I would encounter a BMW driver, I just walk up to them and say, hi, I'm from Ford Motor Company. We're thinking about making a Mustang similar to BMW. Would you be interested? And overwhelmingly, people were happy to talk with me. You know, car guys like to talk about their cars. Yeah. And most of them said, yeah, I'd love to have such a car like that. I'd like to buy an American car, but you guys don't make such a car. Right. So that gave us the, the um, confidence to proceed with making a four-cylinder go-fast Mustang SVO. And um, it, was, uh, it was not a sales success. As everyone knows, uh, the people who did buy them love them. I still have a stack of fan mail from back in that era from guys talking about their escapades with with their Mustang SVO. But well, speaking you know, of that, Mike Ray, who uh, you know, running this gigantic club and doing this for years, got the somehow got the bug, and it was through Mike. Wasn't the, your your first love that SVO Mustang? Yeah. So uh, the SVO. Well, I I've had Mustangs before, but when I had the SVO. I seen the new ad for the new 2005 Mustang, and I just had to have one. So I put the SVO up for sale, sold it, and ordered a 2005 Mustang. And that's when I joined the club world, and the rest, as you say, is history. <laughs> but there was just something about the SVI, you know, balance and you know, typical, you know, John being a racer, and uh, typical sports car feel, kind of like what we tried to do uh, when John Plant, who would work with SVO, came over to SVT, to be our first marketing manager, John, as you know, John Plant, and um, yes. those the, the BMW thing that that whole driver's machine balance and supple ride and you know connected feeling, all that was really important. And you know those those groups, uh, SVO started it, and Mike just had a giant party for SVT at his Mustang Memories uh, show, and Mike, that I mean, talk about a skunk works. That, that was the last true skunk works at Ford. And boy, you had one heck of a group, Mike. Yeah, that was absolutely amazing. And John, I wish uh, one year you can actually come and uh, visit our show. We'd love to have you there, especially this year with celebrating 60 years of Mustang. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Well, he's going to, I know what you're going to say, John. I mean, because Mike, you know, right after that SVO thing, and it was, it was almost like, I was a John like in late 80s, early 90s when you went out to California and you became the enthusiast voice for Ford in California and, and launched all the, the, all the new Mustangs that came down the pike and then had worked with that whole community out there. And you're a big part of that. Uh, it's called the, um, the, uh, the, the Ford car club council. Didn't you create that? That was actually created before I came. I came here in 1988 and in 1986, uh, the late John Pepper, who was oh. with Ford public affairs, um, he he had the idea of establishing a, a an organization of the hotbed of Ford car clubs and enthusiasm in Southern California. Uh, there are seven very dynamic Mustang clubs out here in within a 40 mile radius of where I'm sitting. And uh, he very wisely said, let's get all these guys together. Ford provided some seed money. I think it was about $6,000 <laughs> from these people to to have a, a common event. Well, that's Mike <laughs> Ray's pizza bill. <laughs> <laughs> so he, Mike, Mike said parties. Yeah. yeah, but that car club council, and you, you, I mean, you started with just no, just passion and a few bucks. And is that what really, I mean, Behind this long-standing, you know, Mike's been doing Mustang memories for years, but fabulous Fords. Everybody who knows anything about the Ford hobby, 
knows about Fab Fords Forever. Uh, you guys used to be out at uh, uh, Knott's Berry Farm. You remember that? And, John, you're still doing it. Yeah, in fact, this coming April 21st uh, of 2024 will be the 38th year for Fabulous Sports Forever. So I guess forever is accurate. 30 years <laughs> so far. Um, we have, you know, it's just that's the nature of Mustang. Uh, Mustang just inspires enthusiasm. You can't help it. And uh, this is an all-volunteer endeavor. We work months preparing it. it it's a lot of work for a one-day event, but you all know how that goes. Yeah. And oh yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get a thousand cars. About six hundred and seven hundred of them will be Mustang. Uh, the Ford dealers love it locally. They have a big display each year um, with all the latest vehicles. We have a ride and drive for people. We now have moved it to Irwindale Speedway. This will be our third year at Irwindale, and they have a drag strip. So that's added a whole new dynamic uh, element to it. People have great fun on the drag strip, uh, lots of good rivalries. My car is faster than yours. Well, let's find out. So <laughs> it's, just a, it's a lot of fun. We have lots of celebrities available to come to the, the event and, you know, make appearances, sign autographs and so forth. So it's just a, uh, it's a Mustang love in. It's just great. Lots of fun. Well, all that, Mike, believe it or not, um, uh, John involves about uh, uh, 20, 30 clubs get involved with that show. And Mike, you got to do it. <laughs> Just with Moxham, can you imagine if you had all those clubs pulling? That's why that shows. I, you know, I've been out there, John. You know, I've, not as enough uh, as many times as I want to be, but Mike, uh, that is that's a heck of an event. And what John does with the Four Card Club Council is really what Mike wants to do with this new International Council of Mustang Clubs. So, Mike, you and me, we need to spend some time with Mr. John Kleinard and start picking his brain on how we can grow this council idea because these boys have been doing that for many, many years. Absolutely. That was my whole point that I'd love to get to. And my joke in the beginning about being his offspring is because I'd like to see how to take that council uh, international that we do have now. And I'd like to actually, like you said, expand it and uh, globally. And I did have the pleasure of going out to Fabulous Boards for three years in a row back in 15, 16 and 17. And uh, that's uh, John. I sent you a picture of me and Mr. Kleinard uh, yeah. um, earlier. That was uh, the first time I actually met you, John, in person. Was at that event, and we took a picture uh, over by the Ford Racing Trailer. Oh, terrific! You know, something that uh, a, a dream I have is this: uh, several years ago, in Europe at the Belgium, I get the Lommel Test Track in Belgium. There was what might still be the world's largest gathering of Mustangs. Yep, it still has got the record. Yep, it does. <laughs> We can beat that. We need to do that. We, need we that. may be trying to do something like that uh, here in, in Detroit next year. Somebody's yeah. got to do it, John, because, you know, this is the U.S. of A. for crying out. This is the home of the Mustang. You know, uh, something's got to happen. But, John, um, I can't explain to everyone listening to our podcast tonight of all the things that you're involved with in the enthusiast community out there. I know you tried to retire a few years ago, but – and I was just talking to uh, one of our dealerships out here, Jim Demmer, uh, who, who said, you know, you, you, there are just very few people in this world that can know as much as you and been connected as well as you do, know the history of the car, pull things together, all the things that happen out there in California. All the When there's a go-to person, uh, they call John Kleiner, and I can't tell you what a joy it is to know you and work with you on the communication side of Ford. And, John, please don't. Don't plan on retiring anytime soon. Well, I will say the same thing exactly back to you, John Clore. 
you're you're amazing and we really appreciate all that you do well that's enough of that <laughs> because because the guy that really makes it happen for me is when i get stuck i go okay i'll call you back and then i call up some guy named mike ray <laughs> hey mike can we get 50 cars to this ford event tomorrow <laughs> what we um, usually do it though don't we john <laughs> that's right that's john, right you know how that is you you know how that is, and that's the way it works. And it's always last minute, but we make it happen. We, you know, we do our best we can, and and part of that, John, uh, for what you do, and Mike, for what you do, is because we have this fantastic Mustang community in our clubs that are people that step up and love to show their car and, and be a proud brand ambassador for Ford Motor Company. So, really, without them, we couldn't do what we do. That's true. Yeah. All right, so. So, Mike, I don't know what your travel budget looks like, but if, if we're going to get John to come out to Detroit, we're going to have to go out there and you scratch my back, I'll scratch your kind of thing. And, and yes, next, next year, come on, it's 60 years, baby. That's uh, It's going to be big. And, John, uh, again, I, your, your time is so valuable. And for you to spend time tonight with us hanging out on the podcast, we really want to thank you for doing this. And, and we John, wanna... we got to get him on with our summit. Yeah, we, you've got to be part of our summit. Um you know, it might be a weird time in the day when we call you like four in the morning, but hey. <laughs> I only want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the, that, that part of the, of the country. But, John, again, I, I want to thank you for joining us tonight on the Mustang Owners Podcast. Let's let's uh, revisit and, and go deeper into some of these great stories, especially about SVO and all about all the wonderful things that happen out there on the left coast. Would love to. Absolutely. Okay, Mikey, you heard it from him. Uh, and that's the man. Let me tell you, we, if there was uh, if anybody's going to save Ford on the 60th, it's going to be John Kleiner. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed our visit with John Kleiner, West Coast Ford Public Affairs and Communications team, who does all the hard work with the clubs out there. Make sure you look on the calendar and make sure April 21st, 2024, is the day you go out to Southern California and join Fabulous Ford's Forever Show. Uh, so until next time, we'll just have to catch you down the road.